Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. I am the newly appointed CEO of the Ludgate Digital Hub in Skibbering. Awesome. And so what did you do before this role? Oh, it was a long journey to get here. Um, so I'm originally a Skibbering girl and like so many other people from West Cork, departed uh, the local area for university and once I graduated from uh, university I then went on to leave the, the shores of the green green grass of home so I didn't necessarily intend to leave but uh, it ended up on the Bank of Ireland graduate program that sent me to Jersey in the Channel Islands and okay. then I, had, I had been bitten the bug then to leave and stay away so I was gone for 17 years around the world London to New York primarily with financial services. Um, and then then the lure of home beckoned and made my way back in 2013. So that's the whistle-stop tour of, <laughs> of Grania. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you came back seven years ago, did you continue in the banking sector then? Or uh, what no, did you do? I, yeah, I, I actually took a few years of a pause in my career. I had three young children. I have three young children who were younger than and uh, hadn't uh, started school as yet. So I took around three and a half years off until such time as the youngest uh, went off to national school. Um, so that brought me up to, I suppose, 2015, 2016. And then I re-entered the workforce and I had to kind of pivot a little because my financial services background, I, I was more of a generalist than a specialist. I was an operations director for investment banks, and that doesn't that in industry that sector doesn't really exist in West Cork. I had chosen to come back to West Cork, so I reinvented myself as a project program manager. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it makes sense. I, I think we all have to go through kind of evolutions, even just to maintain that balance between the area we want to work in and the. And the job we want to do, really, I think. Completely. And I suppose we all acquire transferable skills, so we don't have to pigeonhole ourselves in one particular sector. Um, and I re-entered the workforce. I joined the Sea Fisheries Protection Authority in Sonakilty as a consultant project manager um, through Aspira, which is a company based in Cork. So yeah, yeah. Um, I did some work there with Susan Steele in Sea Fisheries. And so that was really... Um, interesting for me to be part of the public sector, also such a relevant uh, public body close to the sea that we are here um, in, in West Cork. So it really offered me a new insight into the challenges that the fishing industry faces and the role that the Sea Fisheries Protection Authority plays. So uh, I, I learned a lot from that experience. And then I went from there to Spearline in Skibbereen, where mm -hmm. I... Yeah became the head of innovation. Um, the, the, the management team there were hoping to launch a new product in on the back of uh, GDPR regulations. And I leveraged, um, I have a, a law degree, so, and I suppose in my financial services background, I would have done work to do with compliance with the financial services regulations. So I, I did a yeah. kind of a sideways move to privacy regulations, applied my project management task, and developed a software solution uh, with the team at Spearline uh, that we could sell to privacy practitioners. 
So I did that for a yeah. couple of years with Kevin Kevin Buckley and, and Matt Lawler in Spearline. And that was probably the entry point to coming to Ludgate because Kevin Kevin is on the board of Ludgate and yeah. um, felt that I could be the right person to step into the role here. Yeah, look, I mean, and with DSD2, it, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, privacy is going to be super important. So that makes sense. And equally, yeah, I mean, the Ludgate, from Spearline to the Ludgate, is fairly logical because you know they moved out and had that fantastic new offices in Skib. So you, yeah, you know, and I, I I would have worked here when I was working for Spearline. I would have been working in in one of the offices uh, that we dedicate to scaling companies, and yeah. so I would have experienced firsthand the facilities that are available here, the wonderful work environment that's here. It's a very vibrant community, um, and. Uh, you know, we know sometimes work can be a challenging environment, and certainly at this moment in time with the with the pandemic. But um, the the environment that has been created in in Ludgate, and that I'm hope able to persist and perpetuate even more, is that ability to get into a productive zone uh, uh, with uh, in a safe area, in an area that's conducive to ideation and creativity and productivity. I think we're very lucky in Skibreen that. We have a place like the Ludgate, and you know it's not just serving the community of Skibreen; it's serving the wider community of West Cork. And we want to make sure that the facilities that we have here cater for that community, certainly through, as I say, the challenging environment that we're all living in at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, and so we we followed the journey of Ludgate for the good three or four years, and you know it's it's done well. It's it's selling a good story. It makes sense. Um, so. Like, like you've kind of referred to with, with the corona-related changes, how, how does the Ludgate plan to move forward? You know, is it, I guess, has the plan shifted or, or how, how do you go forward in the slightly changed circumstances? I suppose we, we view um, the current scenario as obviously a challenging situation to deal with and devastating for lots of sectors and businesses. But also there's a lot of opportunity that areas... Uh, like West Cork can hopefully benefit of over time once we emerge on the other side of the pandemic. And so Ludgate, like all businesses, and we're a social enterprise here, so we're a not-for-profit, but we also have to make ends meet and be sustainable. So we had to close our doors for over 13 weeks, like most businesses. We kept mm -hmm. the place open for some of our frontline workers who, who would operate from here. But on the back of you know the public health guidance, we, we closed our doors for the majority of our people. Uh, when we opened up on the 29th of June, we had to adjust capacity to be in line with social distancing. So you know we make we earn revenue from renting desks and rest, renting meeting rooms in our facilities. So we've had to modify that and, and cut that capacity somewhat uh, to ensure that we are um, adhering to uh, those social distancing guidelines. Um, we've also, you know, some of our tenants would be feeling the pain of this as well. And they are, uh, some of the companies that we have in situ will be receiving guidance from their own headquarters as to when to respond, when to return to the office. So some of our uh, members will still be working from home. Um, so we're, we're feeling the pinch of that as well. So yeah. how, how are we going to look to the future? Well, we know that uh, one angle is, of course, we've introduced the... Um, uh, things like perspex and the signage and um, the uh, 
you know, recommending that everybody is adhering to the social distance and um, wiping down desks and, you know, reducing the flow of traffic to the building. So yeah. that, that obviously keeps our members safe, but we also need to safeguard our sustainability, which comes back to revenue generation. And so we're looking at new new ways, new potential revenue streams uh, that would allow us to do that. Um, one of the um, campaigns that we're going to be rolling out, actually, this is probably hot off the press, Simon, so you're, you're hearing it firsthand. Um, we're going to cater for our student population, who we are hearing that a lot of universities and colleges are modifying their on-premises, um, uh, on-campus um, lecturing, and a lot of that will be remote. We know that the West Cork community that could be quite challenging for the students coming from West Cork, whereby if they're going to be doing remote lectures online from home, for example, if they no longer need to have accommodation in the cities, then they could be challenged in that regard. And so we want to create a student space here in the Lugate, so it will be specific to a study space in a professional environment, so not a play zone. And um, but we'll have our perspectives, we'll have our safety measures and they'll be able to attend their online lectures here, but within a community environment such that they get a bit of a student feel to it, that they may be lacking at home, either out in the farm or in the areas where potential connectivity is challenging for them. So we've, you know, we've done some surveying on the appetite for such a service, and we've received some very positive feedback on that. And we'd like to think that maybe Ludgate will continue to trailblaze in that regard and coming up new offerings for communities. So we suspect some of the other hubs may be replicating what we're doing here over time. Yeah, look, I mean, and, and that's very much why I was wondering, because, uh, you know, I know that there's going to be a new alliance of hubs. And then with GTEC and the more rural ones, you potentially have the big hubs like you guys. And then you have the ones in Spiddle and Cape Clear and other places Now, while we are in a pandemic, some businesses have made money and are still making money. So you guys as kind of in a mentor positive role model way definitely have the potential to show that you know it, it's not it's not the end of business it should just be business in a different way potentially so is that how you're looking at it 100 percent. look i was talking to the team out in cape clear over the last week um to martin omri lloyd and we certainly feel we are better served as, a, as collaborators in this regard. Um, you know, you talked about an alliance across the hubs, and we're certainly seeing that across um, a nationwide movement towards getting cohesion, giving clarity of definition as to what each of us are offering. And I think that will potentially help guide uh, government policy in the future in relation to hubs as a workplace solution that we yeah. can offer um, remote rural areas, but not just remote rural areas, we're talking about regeneration and it's rural yeah. regeneration, but there's potential urban generation regeneration opportunities as well. Um, so I do think it's a case of watch this space. I do think we're going to play a leading role. Uh, there's great momentum. There's, there's really good collaboration. There's collaboration, but a hint of competition, you know, so that, that makes it healthy. Yeah, I mean, and like, I've seen some global digital nomad programs where the digital nomads go from country to country. And similarly with the West Wild Atlantic Way, you could have a similar concept that they, you know, they, they're footloose and fancy free between uh, hubs up and down the West Coast. But like you say, the competition is the ones that are better, maybe have people stay longer in their particular locale. Exactly. And there, there's a lot of uh, discussion taking place already. I think we see the Western Development Commission 
um, up in Sligo Rose Common area. They've rolled out the Atlantic Economic Corridor, which runs from Donegal down to Kerry, um, as a pilot map of all the hubs that exist in those counties. I believe uh -huh. we'll see other counties do will be added onto that as that um, roadmap uh, evolves further. And I'm very excited because you, you touched on the Wild Atlantic Way. To me, it's a complete replication of that, but from a hub network perspective. And we know the success. Uh, we've all seen the success of the Wild Atlantic Way, and certainly down here in West Cork, we're very proud of what Boyd Polta has managed to achieve with that and all every community participant. And uh, I, I just think there's greater benefit from that collaboration effort and economies of scale as well. I mean, frankly, if this is a workplace solution that enterprise organizations are trying to solve for, and whether it's the retention of talent, uh, which we know organizations struggle with, uh, or whether it's trying to solve for the post-COVID uh, workplace solution, uh, government policy and enterprise organizations need to have efficient uh, policy conversations about that, not bilateral conversations with every single hub in Ireland. Yeah, look, I mean, and if you look at, say, open source and Linux, sometimes you get a better result by by being more flat in terms of how the consultation is done. So uh, I'm definitely hoping that, you know, if someone does something well in one, then potentially other people see it and, you know, improve or do the same. Yeah, um, certainly, I think at the moment of cross-government policy, the subject of hubs probably spans multiple uh, multiple departments, so interdepartmental working groups yeah. are in play to solve for that. Because if you think about it, you know connectivity, which is the foundation of it all. You need to have your broadband connectivity solved for. We know that's not a given in many parts of Ireland, but we know there are aggressive plans underway to solve for that uh, in, together with the national broadband uh, team. So yeah. that's that's kind of number one. If you don't have connectivity, the whole thing falls flat in its face. Once you have connectivity solved for, then it's an extension of what services can you offer. And so certainly here in the Ludgate, we we offer more than just a co-working space. We offer mentorship, we offer collaboration, we offer programs that people can participate in, like our first Tuesday program or Ludgate presents programs which offer networking, but also um, continuous improvement, continuous learning opportunities. Um, we've seen successes emerge out of Skibreen in the last three or four years. Uh, we know Spearline, for example, have doubled in size in the last three or four years. And I know uh, the connectivity, the one gigabyte connectivity that we were the first town in Ireland to receive from the collaboration of Vodafone and Ciro would have been played a crucial role in that success. We know O'Donnell Furniture has also uh, grown in the last number of years as a result of that uh you know they talk yeah when it took a day to download a large file those days are over but those days aren't over for everybody they're over for the people in skibreen at the towns in skibreen but they're not over for the people in the wider hinterland where that broadband connectivity is is not a fact of life as yet so we certainly uh, are a role model for how uh, we can benefit from the success of that and build up that ecosystem and community around that. And success breeds success and the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think certainly if we look around West Cork, we can see the beneficiaries of that eco ecosystem. Yeah, look, I think so. And then it also helps with quality of life as well, that you can do what you need to do, but then also you have somewhere great to live as well. So it sounds like win-win, you know.
I would definitely, you know, if I look at my own um, trajectory, I was in, uh, you know, New York for 11 years and London for six to seven years. I was living in the city and as soon as small people came along, I, I was exactly the same as a young mom in West Cork who needed to find a playground or a beach or somewhere for the kids to run wild safely. And yeah. uh, we can do that in West Cork. We don't have to travel four hours on the motorway or the highway to get that. We can do that in 10 minutes. Um, okay, we might bump into our pothole maybe a flood now and again, but um, uh, certainly I think the work-life balance that we can attain here very easily, uh, and, and maybe you don't know it right away and realise how hard that is to get, um, and I, sometimes my siblings kind of tease me as uh, the new ambassador of West Cork Travel and Tourism. Um, I've been away, I know how hard it is to get kids to the football or the soccer, now I just have to leave, allow for a five-minute commute to do that. I don't have to yeah. allow for a 40-minute commute to do that. And I feel very privileged that, um, that I'm here. Very privileged. So, look, uh, thanks very much. And, I mean, I guess we look forward to maybe hearing how it's going with the refit and everything. And maybe we check in with you down the road as well. Yeah, that would be great. Look, I think we're going to have an exciting year ahead of us. We're expanding our space. We're uh, refurbing Mercy Heights School. Uh, such that we'll double our capacity and we're hoping that that will be available uh, for for companies to move into by next summer. So certainly, Simon, I'd love to have the opportunity to come back and talk to you about, you know, when we're closer to going live with that. So you get another, you get another exclusive. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Simon. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.